Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. It's February, the season of love, and today we're penning a love letter to the genre of literature that always makes us swoon, romance. Here to walk us through the steamy world of romance novels is Leah Koch, whose passion for the genre blossomed into opening a romance-focused bookstore, The Ripped Bodice, with her sister, B. Welcome to the podcast, Leah. Welcome. Thank you very much. So before we start gobbling down chocolate roses and chasing it down with a tall glass of Happily Ever After, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. I'm going to kick it to Jillian first. What's making you feel cozy this week? Well, just a little background. We usually talk about cozy in the news. So this is a little bit delayed. So if you're wondering why I'm talking about this TV show now, The Traders. I've been obsessed. I watched it all in one sitting. It's on Peacock. It premiered in January. I personally think the coziest show because it's hosted by Alan Cumming. It's in a Scottish castle. And it's that old school reality competition show. So if you're familiar with The Mole, it's like that. So basically, these group of folks are faithfuls, and they have to find the three traitors in their group. It is so fun. (laughs) I I loved every single second. But it's also cool because it's a mix of these reality stars, so like My Avengers, and then a mix (laughs) of, you know, normal people, quote unquote. So it's nice to see them interact and form friendships. And it's really funny because they have a round table. And so there's this one guy who always gets the traitor wrong, but he's so convinced he's right. (laughs) It's just like, it's just a really enjoyable show. And now I'm going to dive into the UK version. I'm really excited about that because that was the first one. Because the UK always does that kind of stuff right. Check it out, the traitors. Everyone's recommending the show. It's becoming the new Ted Lasso for me of shows (laughs) that everyone's talking about and I still haven't gotten around to. So I need to to put this on my to-watch list. You got to get into it. (laughs) It sounds very cozy. Leah, how about you? What's making you feel cozy this week? Can I don't know the rules. Can I say a recipe? Is that allowed? You can say anything. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I'm in Southern California. As you know, we don't really have um, seasons here. But in January, the winter is when it rains um, for, you know, four days. Anyway, <laughs> so I've, make, I've been making a chicken leek and rice soup mm-hmm. from Smitten Kitchen, which is one of my favorite food blogs. And it makes me feel like I'm experiencing a modicum of winter. <laughs> well, I'm a rice fiend, so any soup that involves rice sounds amazing. It's really good. It's really easy. Smitten Kitchen, just, you know, search for leeks. That's an <laughs> adorable name. Very easy to remember, too. Smitten Kitchen. Um, I'll put the uh, link in our show notes. Yeah. Our listeners love soups and stews. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's also a tele- television episode type of thing that's making me feel cozy but it's really old and I'm catching old episodes of it on YouTube. It's What's My Line, which was a game show that was on CBS in the 50s and 60s. I didn't know about it until it came up in my YouTube algorithm. They were like, you want to watch a 70-year-old TV show? (laughs) You seem like the type. This panel tries to guess the line of work. That's the line of a mystery guest. And so sometimes it's somebody who is... An average Joe picked off the street and they have to guess that that person is a wrestler or whatever. They can only ask yes or no questions, but then they will, they'll have famous celebrity guests and they blindfold the panel for them because it would give it away if they saw them. And they have 
celebrities like Eleanor Roosevelt and Frank Lloyd Wright on. And so these people that, like, I don't know, you just don't see them engage in a casual, fun game show context. Everyone who's listening wants to see what Eleanor Roosevelt is like on a game show. It's kind of amazing how shy everyone is. Like Frank Lloyd Wright can't hear anything um, that anyone's saying. And so he's very shyly whispering to the host, like, what did they say? (laughs) And, And offers to redesign the acoustics of the set. It's stuff like that that was making me feel very cozy uh, watching those old episodes on YouTube. Yeah, I, I'm not too surprised they were shy in that element because it's probably so foreign to them. That's what makes it cozy and seeing them put on this, the spot, but in a safe, friendly way. For sure. And when they come on, they have to write their names on a chalkboard before they reveal themselves. And so it's like a tight shot on the chalkboard as they're writing their name. And then the audience is like, oh, my goodness. By the time that, you know, Eleanor gets to her RO, they're like, it's Eleanor Roosevelt. And I realized then watching her write her name, like, I have the same penmanship as Eleanor Roosevelt. We write very similarly. It's a big moment for me. There you go. (laughs) Feather in your cap. That's right. All right, Leah. Enough about Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm really interested. Yeah, no, it's a really fascinating show. I feel like a historical artifact, which is definitely not their intention. Can you imagine, like, Dr. Jill Biden going on, you know, some two-bit game show these days right no i think she would do that you can host a reboot matt and get her on let's do it i'm in so you and your sister b successfully launched a kickstarter campaign to open a brick and mortar bookstore dedicated to the romance genre and you opened it in 2016 opened the doors to the ripped bodice which is located in the heart of culver city in los angeles county and not only has your store become a fixture in the romance community You release an annual report on the state of racial diversity in romance, but you've also garnered a development deal with your neighbor, Sony Pictures, to develop TV projects based on romance novels. But before we get into all of that, I want to take it back to the beginning. What inspired you and your sister to open a bookstore dedicated to the romance genre and and why romance for you? I have been reading romance since I was about 12. And it's just always been the genre that I loved. It was a little bit pre this era of young adult literature, like young adult, there weren't like young adult imprints. It it, it just wasn't the same vibe that there is now. And I I feel like most of the books geared toward young adults were that was like a lot of fantasy, you know, it was like the height of Harry Potter. It was like a lot of fantasy. So I was really drawn to romance, especially contemporary romance as a, you know, sort of more reality based um, genre. I mean, obviously there are lots of paranormal romances. We can get into that later, but mm-hmm. um, and I was really drawn to how focused romance is on people's inner emotional lives Again, just because YA like wasn't as much of a thing as it is now, um, that felt like a very like revolutionary thing to me as opposed to like, you know, child fighting dragons kind of thing. So, you know, both B and I were just romance readers throughout our whole, you know, teenage years, college. And, you know, the the store was really born from the idea that like this is somewhere we would like to shop. We, we'd always loved bookstores. We love going to independent bookstores when we travel independent bookstores. Like, unfortunately it's getting a lot better, but like uh, at that point, like didn't, a lot of them didn't really even barely carry romance. Like it just 
the selection at any bookstore was just going to be so limited. And so we basically opened the store to give ourselves a place to shop, (laughs) Um, you know, for the fact that other people seem to like it is a nice bonus. But yeah, and at that point, there was no romance focused bookstore in the United States, which seemed crazy to us. Um, that does seem given, crazy. Yeah. Given that there were bookstores for, for much smaller genres, you know, like a, a bookstore devoted to cookbooks or, uh, you know, mysteries or science fiction or and especially mm. comic books. Like comic book stores have always been our touchstone. You know, like you can find a comic book shop in like a pretty small town, <laughs> you know. And so we thought one romance bookstore in the whole country would be able to survive. Yeah, and it's an incredible space. It's such an inviting store. I had the pleasure of going there. It's such a thrill to talk to you because I really fell in love with your store just stopping by. We were looking at fireplaces. <laughs> There's a fireplace store right across the street. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. And they also sell like grills and barbecues and I literally yeah, and, have uh, no idea who shops there. So well, it's me. very interesting and, to know. <laughs> They're very nice. Yeah, my favorite thing is they have all these fake grilled foods that are yeah. on the grills that are just like whoever I, I want to meet whoever makes the fake grilled foods and also sculpts all the fake wood. Anyway, I, I digress. What hit me right away was just how much space was devoted to LGBTQ romance. As a gay person, it was great walking mm-hmm. in and being like seeing that shelf and all these amazing candles and cards. And it was the whole package. And you have an online store. We'll have the link to all, all of that mm-hmm. in our show notes. But you mentioned that there there was no romance dedicated bookstore in the country until yours opened, despite the fact that it's the best selling genre. If you think about it from a, I guess, sort of scientific standpoint, like the quantity of people who are willing to open an independent bookstore is already so small. So Mm -hmm. then if you think about the quantity, take those people and they only want to open a romance Mm -hmm. bookstore, like I do kind of get it. Obviously, we thought it was a good idea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, you have to be a little bit crazy so i i do i do get that (laughs) well it's funny when we were talking about this episode well i was talking with my partner and i we were in a loud restaurant and she misheard me and she thought instead of the rip goddess i i said the ripped goddess (laughs) it's like that'd be be a real interesting (laughs) story I'm I'm not going to be able to give credit to the person because it was years ago, but like I think in the first year we opened, someone tweeted that we should open a gym next door and call it the Ripped Goddess. Wow! And I was like, okay, that is a good idea. I have no desire to open a gym, but I thought it was a good name. There we go. Okay, let's yeah, get on it. So, as being an expert in the genre, I'm curious, what are your least favorite tropes and favorite tropes of the genre? It's an incredibly easy question. I promise I'll explain if you don't know. My least favorite trope is secret baby. <laughs> I I hate I hate it. I hate it. So, it's like in this scenario, Jack and Jane are dating and Jack is a famous football player and they break up for some, you know, sad reason. Like, you know, Jane breaks up with Jack because she thinks she's holding him back from his dream of being in the NFL, whatever. Anyway, the next day, Jane (laughs) finds out she's pregnant and in various scenarios does not communicate this information to Jack. Cut to seven years later and they bump into each other again because her now seven-year-old is, I don't know, visiting the NFL. And then he's like, that's my baby. (laughs) 
secret baby. <laughs> now, sometimes, okay, like if he's like a prince or something, she like tells his dad and is like, make sure you tell your kid that there's your prince, your son, the prince, that he's going to have a baby. And then the dad doesn't tell him because he's like evil or whatever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like, you know, people conspiring to keep them apart. But I'm always like, okay, you need to have a face to face conversation where you utter the words, I am pregnant with your baby because I've literally read books where like she tells him, but like he doesn't get it somehow. Anyway, I hate to baby. <laughs> it's just, I just hate it. I know, I can only get it. My favorite trope is probably, I like friends to lovers. I also like second chance, but only like, like if they were like, you know, high school sweethearts and then, you know, they got like, they went away to college or something and they like reconnect. I don't like it when like they're already, they've like been married and divorced and then they're going to get back together. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. well, clearly you people have communication issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have read good versions of that, but um, yeah, I like friends to lovers. Cause that's like, you know, the whole, they, they've just been in front of each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe she just needed to take off her glasses for her to see that like <laughs> her best friend was actually beautiful the whole time. Like whatever. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, there there really aren't that many tropes I don't like. Like, it really is just that one. It is probably the most relatable. Not not the secret baby. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the friends, the, you know, I think a lot of people have had that experience of um, having mm-hmm. more feelings greater than friendship for somebody, and and maybe they don't necessarily even realize that right away, but that develops over time. And it's also like the opposite of like insta love, which is like you know, our Mm -hmm. version of like love at first sight or whatever, you really know, like, you know, everything about somebody, you know, all their flaws, you know, everything. You're still Mm -hmm. like, yes, it's a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. You can trust those characters will have a happily ever after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they worked as friends versus that kind of, well, yeah, they're connecting now, but there's a lot of red flags here (laughs) that the readers notice. To me, like that is like, this is one of the interesting things about romance is like, cause you know, we have all these tropes, but it is really about like, like, can the author sell it? Cause like, cause like mm-hmm. with any of that, you know, and honestly, like not to harp on this, but like every once in a while, there is a secret baby where I'm like, okay, you sold it. Like you, mm-hmm. you did it. But like, cause you know, like with friends to lovers, you have to sell the fact that they haven't figured it out beforehand. Like, and it, you have to sell that. It's not like, you know, he takes off his glasses or whatever. So that's, that's what I like about romance is, and it's what some people wrongly find repetitive <laughs> about romance is like, well, if you know they're going to end up together, like, what's the point? It's like, because you, you have to get there. Like you have, and the mm-hmm. author has the to like sell you on this makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I could be sold on secret babies. I was a big <laughs> fan of passions when I was younger and it's the most unhinged soap opera out there, but they go, do it with such gusto that they, they got me hook, line and sinker. <laughs> so there are those tried and true tropes, um, love them or hate them, but how have you seen the genre evolve since you've been a reader of romance? It is a fast changing genre. First of all, we have to say romance is not a monolith. Like it's a huge, huge genre and you're always going to have like, you know, small town, straight, white, Christian, cupcake baker meets single dad. Like, and that I'm going to say is not really evolving that much. Um, And people like that. And that's great. Um, I'm not super (laughs) talking about that. Um, (laughs) 
Self-publishing in romance is much less um, taboo than in other genres, I think because people are smart enough to recognize that non-white people and non-straight people and non-Christian people have had been kept out of traditional publishing for a long time. So a lot of them went to self-publishing. So it's not like a self-published book is like, this wasn't good enough to get published. It's like, maybe this was too gay to get published, in which case, <laughs> give it to me. Um, <laughs> so, but the point of that, the point of that is self-publishing was a lot faster than traditional publishing. So like people can sort of respond to things a lot faster. I, I guess a sort of less good example of this was like, I feel like pandemic novels started coming out like way before I was ready for them. You know, it was like love in quarantine. And I was like, Oh no, like I'm not ready for this yet. Um, It's just, you know, an example of like sort of how people can respond to things. I don't want to give anybody too much credit or too many cookies, but in the 18 years I've been a romance reader, I have seen the genre become a lot more inclusive um, become a lot more representative of the world. We still have a very, very long way to go, but it has definitely vastly improved since I was 12. Um, (laughs) and you know, in particular, I think with queer romance, um, it has really been sort of accelerating at a faster pace, which is just fantastic. Um, I would say the main way romance continues to evolve is, I mean, I always say like, if you can come up with it, there probably is a romance for it. It just, I feel like continues to be that because as new people like start writing romance and bringing their own perspective to something, they're like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great if there was a triad of angels in the Regency that were all gay and also they turned into gargoyles and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just like, I don't think we will ever run out of new things to try. (laughs) And I would hope that, uh, you know, the genre in general continues to be uh, open to those things because those are sometimes, the wackiest books are sometimes the most fun. I'll be needing this Regency Angel Gargoyle gay (laughs) romance. I don't know. Gargoyles. Gargoyle romance is a real thing. Um, (laughs) One of my books. I didn't know. one, One of my booksellers, her name is Catherine, is always up on the most bananas whatever the newest, craziest thing is. And I'm like, how exactly does that work? And she's like, well, they, they're like not stone when they're like having sex. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to love the Gargoyles TV show, so I'm not, I'm not on a to this at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I know, know what I'm looking into. I'm Monster like... romance is a big thing right now mm-hmm. in terms of, and it, and it's like, People are really trying to push the envelope of like, what monster haven't we thought of yet? Um, we have like seduced by the Kraken and uh, <laughs> I, Catherine was sick and I, I like sent her a link to a book. I'm, I believe it was called Stalked by the Boogeyman. And I was just like trying to make her laugh, but she was like, oh my God, I'm going to read it right now. I like, Great. I can't hear about it. At Christmas, there's a whole, there's a whole genre of Santa Claus romances, like where Santa Claus is literally the romantic hero. Anyway. About Krampus. I Krampus. Off the Krampus. Subject. Krampus. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Krampus needs love. Yeah, he does. Or they, I don't know. Krampus. <laughs> yeah, Krampus. So... You have such a lovely community in the Rip Bodice from the monthly book club events to those, I mean, the book subscription boxes, I need to get my hands on one. Um, just so, so lovely. And I'm 
want to know, what do you think is the most special thing about your Rip Bodice community? What do you love most? It's really been very unexpected. Um, I, I just didn't think about this when we first opened the store. This woman came in like very shortly after we opened and she was like eight months pregnant and we were, you know, chatting and blah, blah, blah. That kid just started first grade. Huh. Our entire staff was invited to a customer's wedding. Our, oh. you know, I've talked to customers who are going on a first date and they're like excited and they're literally getting married now. Like I've seen people get dogs, get new jobs. Like it's just, I never thought that I would like be seeing these milestones in people's lives. And it, it's just been so lovely and, and unexpected and it's really cool and fun. And, you know, to get to, to get to talk to customers who are, you know, just out of college and maybe like getting back into reading for pleasure. Lots of people have met really good friends at our store, like started podcasts from our writing classes, like literally mm. written books, like wow. books have been written in our store. And I'm like, Oh my, like you wrote an actual book and like now it's on our shelf. So just, I, I it's really that like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like cycle of life kind of, kind of stuff. Um, you, you can almost like picture it as like a movie montage. Like the store is this like fixed physical place and, 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 you know, just like the, the sort of swirls of humanity coming in and out has been very, uh, unexpectedly sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so beautiful. And I could tell that from just checking out your Instagram page from just the, the, the community is just oozing off of it and the love and care that everyone, like you said, it's just, those milestones, knowing those folks and then returning and years going by. I think you need your own cozy movie about the store. <laughs> and and the, the years that like, you know, just the longevity. I mean, it's hard to believe like next month we will have been open seven years. So like we, we really can get people who come, you know, from foreign countries and are like, Oh, I was, I was able to visit five years ago. And like, now it's my first time back. And that's just like crazy to me that we've been open long enough for you to like, be able to say that. And, you know, for a child to now be in first grade, um, for people to bring, you know, friends and parents and say like, this is where I like to, you know, go shopping. And so, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. Well, for the 10 years, gotta do a big party. Yes. Um, I don't know what, it, I guess I have three years to plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got some time, but I don't know what it will be yet, but I have a little while. It yeah, is appropriate though, for a romance themed bookstore to have so many like ripped bodice babies in terms of like the, the couples I know, that come you know, together. It's, and it's obviously, you know, we, we are not just interested in romantic love. Um, we, are, <laughs> we are interested in other things, but because, you know, that is what we specialize in. Um, we've had three engagements at the store, uh, bridal shower. We've done wow. two weddings. Like pro we have people who wanted to have books as favors for their weddings. So we do a book bar. Um, we just did one last weekend. So I, my, my ultimate goal that has not happened yet is for someone to actually get married in the store, um, <laughs> which has not happened. Somebody did sign the their, now. <laughs> somebody did sign their marriage license at the store, which I was like, it's kind of, close um because they were like on their way to the post office or something yeah those are like first dates people who want to you know do like little scavenger hunts for somebody mm -hmm. things like that Cute. it's just it's all fun we love it all 
<laughs> well, Jillian had mentioned that your story itself would be such a cozy movie. And on the topic of cozy movies, you and your sister have a development deal with Sony Pictures TV to produce TV versions of some of the books you sell and love. What have been some of your lessons learned working to develop and adapt romance for television? I feel incredibly lucky to be able to do that. However, I don't know if your listeners know anything about Hollywood, it can be an occasionally uh, enigmatic and frustrating place. <laughs> um, the main lesson learned is, is the, the thing that you actually see on the screen. It takes so much luck to get there. <laughs> um, it can be occasionally frustrating, you know, because we are like, this book, this book, like everybody loves it. It's great. And someone's like, well, it bears a passing resemblance to this other thing from 12 years ago. So therefore we don't want to make it. Mm. We're like, okay. Well. <laughs> Meanwhile, like three of the same movie comes out in a month. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, I, I've been doing it for a while now. So I, I have, I tend, I try to have a very, um, almost sort of unemotional, mm -hmm. you know, vibe now. Cause otherwise you're, con you would be constantly disappointed. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's there's a lot of heartbreak in terms and attachment, and then things fall through, and it's it's a yeah. huge process. But you know, we're, we're glad you're out there trying to make that <laughs> romance happen for for lovers Thank of the you. genre. <laughs> uh, and I, the other lesson learned is it moves slower than you can possibly imagine. Oh, yeah. um, everything takes one thousand years. Well, we'll be here waiting those one thousand years. Yeah. Great, maybe for, for our maybe out. for our tenth anniversary, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll finally have something to uh, to show for it. No one's doing gargoyle angel regency. You got to bring that back <laughs> to them. <laughs> and they would hit. say, "Gee, that sounds expensive." <laughs> <laughs> A <Yeah>. little. <laughs> so, looking toward the future. What new romances are coming out that you think our listeners should keep an eye out for and bonus points for new queer romances? I can, I can bring up the list if you want. Um, I, I write it all Just down it for, <laughs> yes, for this reason, because other, otherwise I, uh, I forget. We'll start with the gays. So, and this is, I think this comes out like maybe the end of March. I can look up the date. It's called Something Wild and Wonderful by Anita Kelly, mm -hmm. uh, which is a romance about two people who meet hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful. Cozy. Yeah. It's really, it literally the whole time was like, stop. You're, why are you looking at hiking gear online? Like you're not going to go walk for 45 <laughs> days. What is wrong with you? Um, it really does make it sound very romantic, but I'm like, do not do this. Anyway, it's really beautiful. I really loved that one. I just finished a book. It, it's not a romance. I will caution you. Um, but it's called Lucky Red by Claudia Craven. And it's like a gay Western basically um, about, and it's, like a lot about this brothel and the sex workers who work there. And there's like a lot of guns and horses um, and also lesbians. And I was very into it. Um, it was very, it was very different than anything I've read. Again, caveat, not a romance, not exactly the most um, happy ending. I'm sold. Um, <laughs> if you like uh, historicals and mysteries, I extremely enjoyed a book called the benevolent society of ill mannered ladies, uh, by Allison Goodman, who wrote this series called The Dark Days Club, um, which my sister is a big fan of. This one is like um, their sisters. I like, you know, books with sisters. And they are spinsters. 
and they're like, <laughs> they're basically like everybody ignores us. Therefore, we're going to go like solve mysteries <laughs> um, because no one pays attention to us because we're spinsters. Really enjoyed that. Contemporary romance coming out, I think also maybe next month called The Neighbor Favor by Christina Forrest. It's kind of uh, You've Got Mail-esque. He is this like obscure author who like published one book a long time ago and it's like her favorite book. And they start corresponding and having tingles. And then he realizes he's moving and he realizes that she is his neighbor. And so he like ghosts her because he like feels really bad because like she doesn't like know his true identity. So it's kind of like mistaken identity thing. It was really good. A neighbor favor. I wasn't thinking it was going in that direction. (laughs) (laughs) And then then, there's then like a whole subplot where she needs him (laughs) to like be her fake boyfriend because of like reasons, obviously. Yeah. Um, That one has a lot of tropes in it. There's like a lot. There's like pen pals, mistaken identity, fake boyfriend, like all kinds of good stuff. This is an incredible Um, list. I mean, all of these are already I have to check out. So. Yeah, I love some, it all. There, there, there's some great things coming out. It seems like it's a, a great time, as always, for romance mm-hmm. novels. We're reading one for our book club. We have an All Things Cozy book club for our <gasps> Amazing. Uh, patrons. And we're reading Georgie all along. Oh, fantastic. What you said earlier um, about how, like, you know, romance kind of allowed entry into those, like, inner workings of thought, especially when you were kind of coming off of Harry Potter and stuff, but wanted to veer off the fantasy track mm-hmm. and make it more grounded. Something that's really sticking out as, a, as we're reading this book is what a joy it is. Even if you know, yeah, it's predictable, but that's comfy and cozy, right? To have, to know like the happy endings on its way, but to get to enjoy the, the inner workings of these bright and funny characters. And it's about, it is about the journey and the time spent with them and the joy of knowing they're going to have a happy end. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It doesn't often happen in the real world or not, doesn't happen enough. Well, thank you again, Leah, for taking the time to talk with us today um, to, again, lead us down the the steamy path to the romance <laughs> genre. Um, we usually live in the cozy mystery genre here. So um, oh, it was, it was I'm, nice I to... mean, I'm very familiar. <laughs> we have there's a lot of crossover. There is a lot of oh, crossover. Yeah, very few cozy mysteries don't also have a um, a love triangle. That's yeah, usually we, like we have we have like a little hand. sort of mini section at the store um, because I like, again, a lot of people who like one like the other. There's so many fun ones these days. We had we had an event not that long ago, a Cozy Mr. event with um, Jesse Q. Satano and Jennifer Chow. And it was great. I love the titles. They're, the more, they're always the best. Yeah. So the more puns, the more puns. The better. <laughs> How can people keep up with you and support the Ripped Bodice? Uh, well, you can shop online uh, from anywhere in the world um, at theripbodice.com. Um, we will ship you all the things. Jillian mentioned our subscription box. Um, so if you don't want to, you know, think about it and just have two great romance novels show up at your door. Uh, it's called read romance repeat. It has its own website, but you can also buy it on ripbodice.com. And, uh, at least one of those books that I mentioned will be in an upcoming box. And we're the Ripped Bodice on pretty much all social media. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, if you want to see us being like the most silly, TikTok is is where it's <laughs> at. That's like where we're where we're really letting it uh get a little goofy these days. Let it fly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um <laughs> And of course, if you're ever in LA, uh, you can come visit us in person in Culver City. It's about 20 minutes from the airport. We'd love to, we'd love to meet you. 
do make a point Amazing. of that because it, it's such a wonderful, cozy space. And we are now uh, Ripped Bodice affiliates. So all the oh, books that great. Lee mentioned in, in that list, you can buy those from the Ripped Bodice and support the store and also support us. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so Fantastic. Well, this is so fun. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we hope you have a wonderful and lovely February. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and be cozy. Same to you. <laughs> That was a wonderful chat with Leah. I'm so glad that she was able to join us to share why she hearts the romance genre. So fun. So now we want to share some songs that we love with you. That's right. It's time for Soothing Sounds. My Soothing Sound this week is by a an artist who has been away for a while, um, but is now releasing a new album. It's M83, which I thought was a band, but apparently it's a project by one person named Anthony Gonzalez. I thought it was a band too. Their music sounds very 80s, like synth and guitar, and it's but like in a joyful way. I love 80s stuff. I have a rose-tinted glasses when it comes to the music of of that time and the mm. media. And so things that evoke that always appeal to me. So it's a it's a great day when they you know they come back into action uh, with a new lead single off for a new album, Fantasy, which is going to come out on March seventeenth, and the new single is called Oceans Niagara. And on the topic of that single, songwriter Anthony Gonzalez told Pitchfork, "quote I wanted to create this sense of friendship listening to that song. I imagine people running, driving fast, or riding spaceships together. It's the sense of going forward like a magic potion." that you take to discover new worlds. So let's take a listen to Ocean's Niagara by M83. Aside from Gary. The, the warning that the music video, if you do click the link in our show notes, there's like, it looks kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but the song itself, if you listen to it by itself, because the I think that's I think that's Anthony Gonzalez in this like kind of monster mask. He's like in a control room, like watching these people move through this very ethereal, futuristic scape landscape, or I don't know. It's hard to describe. You have to watch it to understand. But wearing this kind of monster mask. If you just listen to the song, though, I think it's a very upbeat. It's really just like this crescendo of like synth and guitar um, that pulses in a, a beautiful way. And just the constant refrain of beyond adventure being shouted. Yeah, it reminds me of the music video of, was it the Dark Crystal? Am I getting that correct with that? Yeah, it's very Dark Crystal-esque. Like I'm getting, yeah, the Jim Henson presence is for sure there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very upbeat too, that, the song. And it reminds me of maybe the opening of, a, of an 80s movie. The music is very much like a soundtrack. And in fact, mm-hmm. they then, you know, started writing soundtracks for movies because it works so well for film um, as a soundtrack. So you're not the only one. People have definitely taken notice of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my pick this week is Maya Burns' Lend You a Hand. It was released on February 2nd from Maya's upcoming album, Rhinestone Cowboy. And I was dancing to this song with Snickers in the bedroom, which is <laughs> a sweet little song. So Maya said of the song, I wrote this song in a plowed under cornfield one June day a decade ago. 
right when I was uncovering my trans identity. I tended as a love song, and in many ways it is, but it took me years to realize that. In part, the woman I was writing to that day was me. In that sense, it's a song of protection and liberation. Sometimes we queers have to protect ourselves before it's safe to come out and then after too. This is so much of what Lend You a Hand is about and my ideal of what healthy love can look like. To support each other while fostering each other's autonomy. To hold each other as we would like to be held. So I thought it was very appropriate for the month of love to self-love, love others, all that, all the love wrapped, wrapped in this. <laughs> so here is Maya Burns, Lend You a Hand. Let me ease your strain. beautiful song sometimes i think in the beginning it comes across as a little like let's all sit around kids and you know like almost like a play song Mm -hmm. but then it it, um ups the ante and i like when it gets the instruments going and it's nice (laughs) i love it when songs get the instruments going (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, just me and snickers were going like this oh you're dancing with your cats (laughs) that's really cute yeah, the neighbors across the street. <laughs> so needs help. There she goes again. <laughs> that's a very sweet song. Great pick, Julian. Yeah. Well, that's enough noise for now, though. Please be quiet. Keep your voices low as we enter for the, the first time in a long time. Yeah. The cozy library. We didn't pay the bills. The lights. We didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> we shut, shut it down, but we got the electric turned back on. We're back in the cozy library here. So as I mentioned earlier, in addition to the romance novel we're reading as part of our All Things Cozy book club this month, Georgie All Along. Um, And if you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can join our Patreon um, at the votive or pillar level, um, and then you'll get access to those book club episodes. So we're focused today on, on romance, and I have another title I just wanted to mention. So I wanted to dust off the shelves of our Cozy Library segment to... Give a little shout out to a novel that isn't afraid to make its protagonist a Lord of the Rings super nerd, like some of us happen to be, The Chemistry of Love by Soraya Wilson. It focuses on Anna Ellis, who is a geeky, brilliant, and hopelessly smitten cosmetic chemist, hoping to win over the man of her dreams, who happens to be her boss, Craig. But to do that, she figures she has to put on an experiment in attraction. She knows how competitive Craig can be, and that whatever his brother has, he wants. So she concocts a scheme with the collaboration of his half-brother, Marco, who, on his end, really is unhappy with his brother because he started dating his old girlfriend, and now they're engaged, and he wants to break that up. So he has his own motive for going along with this, this scheme. And it made me think about how, um, just an aside here, this is not part of the description. We just read a, a Cat Cafe Christmas, and these brothers keep doing this to each other, and these bro- they got to stop it. I know. There's a gotta <laughs> stop it. epidemic in the cozy mystery. <laughs> cozy novels, not just mysteries. But yeah, the brother's going at it. Jeez. But anyway, Marco and Anna are hoping to create some chemistry through a little competition. There's only one hitch. With every fake date, Anna's feelings for Marco are starting to become dizzyingly real. If Anna and Marco are really falling in love, who are they to argue with science? Check it out. The Chemistry of Love by Soraya Wilson. Well, 
while Anna and Marco sniff out the competition, we're sniffing a candle. That's right, Jillian. I have the candle this week, and we're keeping our our theme of love going with it. I am burning The Lovers by 54 Celsius. This candle is part of a series of scents based off of tarot cards. So this one is about The Lovers, that card. The back of it reads, ooh la la, be on the lookout. Passion, mutual attraction, and the start of a strong relationship is near. With it will come temptation, whether in love, money, or a spiritual journey. Contemplate and choose wisely before acting. And the scent is blood orange, wild moss, and Mm -hmm. embers. In terms of what's coming through in that scent, when I first purchased it, I was a little worried about that blood orange because I thought it might veer sweet. But wow, the combination, you really get the earthiness of the wild moss, embers, and blood orange. And it creates such a like a sultry, I think is the right word, scent. I'm really loving it. Well, the artwork on the candle is just so cool and neat. When you sent me a photo when you bought it, she's really taken in by it. It's like there's two halves of a person and mm-hmm. it's a very interesting take on the lovers. And I love a good blood orange scent. Yeah, there's actually an Adam and Eve element to it because like there's an apple oh, yeah. and a snake on there too. So take that for what you might. On the topic of the way it looks, the glass is like this this black glass. And it also adds, I think, an element of like romance and mystery to the candle. And it's tall. It's pretty, it's not, it's not a squat candle. It's a very tall pillar candle. A little narrower than you might normally find. As Julian had mentioned, between like the artwork and the shape and the glass, it's a very attractive candle. And I love the scent. The only I have I have two quibbles. Okay, um, not to wick shame, but this is not about the candle writ large, but rather my specific one that I'm here sampling. The wick was off center, and what worries me about that is that it creates tunneling, and I'm already noticing burning it now for like about an hour. Like one edge of the candle is not getting burned with the other side of it, and so that's extra heartbreaking when you have a candle you like the scent of and you're like, oh, I'm going to miss all this wax. (laughs) Maybe it's a one-off. I think it's absolutely a quality control issue. I just, you know, have to say it because I'm experiencing it. You got to keep your wick straight. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. And the other is that I, I, it does, the throw is not that, it's not a strong throw. And so I think for some people here that I think they're kind of happy about it because it's not going to, it's not overpowering. It's not going to take over a whole space. I had it burning in the kitchen first and I really didn't notice it so much. But when I brought into the smaller room that we record in, it, it came to life uh, and, and is filling a smaller space quite nicely. So I think it's good for, for smaller spaces like bedrooms, more enclosed offices, things like that, where you can really get the, the smell to your nose. <laughs> <laughs> it might get lost in a larger space, just putting that out there. But a wick up for me, I think even with those qualifiers, I think this is a very strong candle. It is $35, yeah. so it is on the pricier end. I like these kind of holiday well, I guess you made it a holiday candle because the lover's candle is not necessarily holiday mm-hmm. theme. But I think you always spring a few extra bucks when you're trying to celebrate something or be in line with the theme. That's, that's my take. Before we go, we do have a couple of shout outs. Jillian, what's going on at All Things Cozy headquarters? Oh, wow. We're, we're bustling with updates. First off, I really want to thank Bethy B for leaving us a written review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, And Bethy said, I found this podcast at just the right time. I am a new listener over the past few months and have loved going back into the archives to hear all of the fall and winter episodes. 
Matt and Jillian are like cozy, silly, faraway friends. I love listening to this podcast when relaxing with my cats or doing puzzles. It's the perfect soothing sound. And I just, I think I, if I can be a cozy, silly, faraway friend to anyone, that is the best, the best compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bethy B, for your kind words and for leaving a review. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. I was qualifying this for a long time, but I've learned it really is the case recently. Those reviews really help people find the show. So if you do have the time and you haven't yet, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. Going off the the love train and thank you train. Welcome and thank you to our new patrons, Alyssa and Lynn. Really appreciate the support. Also, if your name is Max, M-A-C-S, send us your address if you're you're interested because we want to send you the cozy swag and I'll be sending Alyssa and Lynn their cozy swag in the, in the mail. We get a magnet and a sticker and it's really cute. And we also have our all things cozy mug, which is another adorable keepsake. And of course you'll get access to our uh, book club episodes. If you are remind me, Matt, our <laughs> pillar tier or yeah, p- pillar or votive pillar or votive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So of- check out those tiers and see what fits you. If you want to support the show and get some of the, some of that all things cozy swag, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingscozy. A quick reminder to those patrons who are part of our book club, um, a survey was sent out about our recording schedule, and we want to hear from you. And we've heard from a lot of you. Thank you all. Your feedback is very, very, very helpful. So if you haven't taken that, uh, please do so we can hear your voice. That does it for our episode today. We hope you all have a very lovely February. We'll be back with a brand new episode in just a couple more weeks. Until then, stay Stay cozy. cozy.